0: Alright, notice verse 5 of Mark chapter 1. It says, "...and there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water... But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. What I want to preach about this morning is, is baptism necessary for salvation? Do you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven? Now, I know I've, I've t- preached on this before, and I know most of you know the answer to that, but I think it's important that we uh, know how to defend this doctrine. We do not believe a person has to be baptized in order to go to heaven. We believe that salvation is completely by faith in Jesus Christ, but we do believe save people ought to get baptized. Just like saved people ought to be good. We ought to love our neighbor. We ought to be kind one to another. But our works do not determine whether or not we get into heaven or not. Our faith in Jesus Christ is the only thing that matters there. But I do want to look at the subject of baptism because there are people out there that teach in order to go to heaven, you must be baptized. That if you have not been baptized you are not going to go to heaven. And the problem with that is that is adding a work to salvation. And if people get baptized thinking, this is what I have to do to be saved, right there that shows they're not trusting in what Jesus Christ already did and they're still not saved. So that's a very dangerous teaching to uh, to teach that you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven because it adds works to salvation and there are no works when it comes to salvation. And so I want you to notice though, we're going to look at a lot of the passages that people will use uh, to prove that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. And I'm going to show you the Bible does not teach that anywhere. And there are some very common mistakes that people make that cause them to think that way. And so the first thing we need to do, though, I want us to look. we saw in this passage how John is baptizing people. And when John is baptizing people, John was baptizing people the way we baptize people They were doing it in water. He was doing it through immersion. We're not even going to go into all the examples of how immersion is what baptism is, but to baptize, it means to cover. And they would often go places where there was much water, sometimes referred to it as that. And they would see much water, and they would go and just baptize them there. Okay, the Ethiopian eunuch, he stopped and he saw water. He said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Okay, now if baptism was sprinkling, do you not think that Ethiopian, while traveling through the desert, probably didn't have some water with him? I mean, you know he had some water with him. Couldn't he if he just had Philip bless it and turn it into holy water and then splash him in the face and then he's all good? No, that's, good. that's not baptism. all right. But they saw an actual body of water and he's saying, hey, here's an opportunity to be baptized. But before you be baptized, Philip asked him a very important question. He said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Because baptism is something that saved people do. It's something that you do after salvation. And I want you to notice this is where people get mixed up is they do not understand there is a distinction between water baptism or a John baptism and a Jesus baptism. Look look again at Mark chapter 1 and verse 8. John who's baptizing with water. Look what he says. He says, I indeed have baptized you with water, but... He, talking about Jesus Christ, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Is that the same baptism? No, that's different. He's saying, I'm doing the water baptism, but Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. This was something that John said was going to come, and now look at Mark chapter 16. Let's go to the very end of the book. So the beginning of Mark, it is introduced with baptism. It is introduced with John baptizing with water and John making a statement at the very beginning of the book that, hey, I'm baptizing you with water, but there's one coming after me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So while they're getting the one baptism, he's telling them, hey, be ready. Something else is coming. In fact, a better baptism is coming. A baptism that comes from Jesus Christ. And so in Mark 16, verse 15, people often will use this verse to prove you, that you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. And He said unto them, Jesus is speaking here, go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And so what they'll do right there, that proves you have to be baptized too. But wait a minute. Are you sure it's talking about water baptism there? Are you sure that He's talking about water baptism? Because... We started out the book with John saying, I baptize with water, but one's coming that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, talking about Jesus Christ. And then, and I, I personally believe he's talking about a Holy Ghost baptism here, because notice what it says too. He says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, why did he say, But he that believeth not and is not baptized? Or why did not He say, He that believeth and is not baptized shall be damned. Why did He not include that in there? Here's why. Because when a person gets saved, they get baptized by the Holy Ghost. We're covered by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says we are sealed by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. So anyone who believes the Gospel, they get baptized with the Holy Ghost. Everyone who is saved has been baptized by Jesus Christ But they, doesn't mean they've been baptized with water. And if you're gonna go to heaven, you do need to be baptized by Jesus Christ, and you get that by believing on Him, not by getting dunked in water. That is a different and a separate thing. And look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, I think this adds credibility to the idea of Mark 16 talking about a Jesus baptism. It says in verse 4, it says, and being assembled together with them, Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith He, ye have heard of me. So right here, this uh, this event right here, it's picking up right where Mark 16 left off. Okay, Mark 16 has Jesus ascending into heaven; He's given the great commission. Acts chapter one, we are in that very same spot. All right, in that very same time, but we're getting a little more detail. And look what it says in verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Once again, showing a difference between the John baptism and the Jesus baptism. Hey, John baptized with water, but a Holy Ghost baptism is coming not many days hence. And it's crystal clear that is what happened at Pentecost. So no one would deny... That the baptism of the Holy Ghost is more important than water baptism. No one would deny that, and we we see examples of people getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost before they get the water baptism. Look, Acts chapter ten and verse forty seven. This is the story of Cornelius. After he gets saved, he received the Holy Ghost, and it says in verse forty seven, says, "Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized?" which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. I mean, here it was crystal clear that this man had been saved. He had received the Holy Ghost. And so then now Peter's saying, you know what? Even though they're Gentiles, why can't they be baptized? They receive the Holy Ghost just like us. They're clearly saved just like us. Since they've got the Holy Ghost baptism, can any forbid... Water for these people? And you know what? They didn't. They baptized them. Why? Because it was very clear they were already saved. They had already received the Holy Ghost. And so, that's more proof right there that you get baptized after you get saved. He's saying, hey, should any man forbid that these be baptized? He didn't say so they can get saved. He was saying we need to baptize them because it's clear that they are saved. You do not baptize somebody until after they get saved. That's why we don't do baby baptism. You never see them baptizing infants in the Bible. They would only baptize people who had been saved, who had, made, had a profession of faith. They would baptize those people. Acts 11, verse 15. It says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord how He said, look at this, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as He did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. This right here, he's referring back to chapter 10 when Cornelius and his house, when they got saved, and he's when he saw that they had received the Holy Ghost, he remembers the words of the Lord how he said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Proving what came upon Cornelius and his family was a Holy Ghost baptism. And because they had received a Holy Ghost baptism, you know what they did? They baptized them with water. Okay? proving once again there is a difference between the Jesus baptism and a water baptism. And everyone who's going to go to heaven has to have the Jesus baptism. And you do not get the Jesus baptism from getting dunked in the water. You get the Jesus baptism from believing the Gospel. When you believe on Him and you call Him the Lord for salvation, He saves you, He seals you, He covers you, He baptizes you, whatever you want to call it, and you are saved and you are on your way to heaven. And then, something the Bible teaches is those of us who have received Christ, those who have received that baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's good for us to publicly acknowledge that and to publicly proclaim that. And the way we do that, the way the Bible taught us to do that, is through water baptism. After we get saved, a way we publicly identify ourselves with Christ is we get baptized. Well, how does that identify us with Christ? Well, one, Jesus was baptized in water, wasn't He? He was baptized by immersion by John the Baptist. So we're doing that because Jesus did that. But we also do that because it's a picture of His death, burial, and resurrection. Baptism is exclusively a Christian thing. It's exclusively a Jesus thing. It identifies us with Him. And if we're saved, we shouldn't be ashamed of that, should we? But do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? How many of you have ever gone to... Do we have any Cubs fans in here? All right. All right, and this applies for any team, I guess. But have you ever have you ever gone to a Cubs game? How many of you have ever been to a Cubs game at Wrigley Field? All right. Now, usually, if you go to Wrigley Field, you're going to see a lot of red, white, and blue, aren't you? A lot of Cubby blue. Why? Because that's their colors. People kind of baptize themselves uh, in blue. You know, they'll they'll wear a whole lot of blue. We were uh, at St. Louis one time, right by Bush Stadium, when, and I've never been to a Cardinals game before. I'm used to going to Cubs games, and I remember just seeing the sea of red. And it was just weird. I felt like I'm in a foreign country. This just isn't right, you know? And, you know. And if you're a Cub fan, you're supposed to hate Cardinals. That's just part of that's part of the thing, you know. And I'm seeing all that. And, I'm, and you know, the thing is, people were not ashamed to cover themselves in red. But you know what? Do you have to be as a Cub fan covered in blue to be a Cub fan? I could go to a Cub game dressed like this if I wanted to. Uh no, not that they're playing the Cardinals, though. People might mistake this for red and you know, get, get the wrong idea. But you don't have to do that. But you know what? A person who's proud of their team, they have no problem with baptizing themselves in cubby blue. And some guys literally do that. They'll paint their bodies blue. And you know what? When we get baptized, you know what we're doing? We are publicly identifying ourselves with Christ. We are publicly identifying ourselves as Christian. We do not have to do that to be a Christian. Just like I do not have to wear a wedding ring to be married. But I wear a wedding ring because it tells everyone, hey, I'm taken. I'm already married. It's symbolic. Whether I wear a ring or not has nothing to do with me being married, but it is a public identifier. And that's what baptism is. And so people who try to teach baptism as a requirement for salvation, they mainly use the book of Acts to prove that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. And I just showed examples, that I think, proof from the book of Acts that you do have to have a Holy Ghost baptism, but not a water baptism. We see people clearly were already saved, and then they got baptized. But here's the thing. People, when they, and we don't have time to go to all the verses in Acts that they use. I believe there's clear explanations for every passage. We don't have time to go to all of them, but here's one thing. Anytime you see somebody get up and use the book of Acts to prove that you have to be baptized in water in order to go to heaven, you know what they'll never do? They will never show you the clear distinction that I did in the John baptism and the Jesus baptism. They will not bring up the fact that in Acts chapter 1, it was prophesied that John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then, later on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, when the Holy Ghost came upon them, and it says all these people were baptized, automatically they just assume that it's water baptism. And you know what? It really doesn't matter whether it's water baptism or Holy Ghost baptism. None of the passages in Acts teach that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. But yet, people will see what's happening in the book of Acts and they want to get their doctrine from that. And I just want to make a statement that might be a little controversial about the book of Acts, but here's the thing. The book of Acts, and this is why it's so wrong the way these people use some of these passages, but the book of Acts, it is a very historical book, isn't it? What's it called? The Acts of the Apostles. And I've heard some people say it shouldn't be called the Acts of the Apostles, it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Well, here's the thing, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. And we can't say everything that we see the Apostles do in the book of Acts is of the Holy Spirit because we see the apostles make a lot of mistakes, don't we? You can go through the book of Acts and the apostles did a lot of things wrong in the book of Acts. And we see God had to straighten them out. We see them disputing in one portion of Acts. They're having a dispute over whether you have to keep the law in order to go to heaven. Now, we know that you don't have to keep the law in order to go to heaven, but there was a dispute. The the book of Acts is just telling us what happened. It's like when people come and they tell you that polygamy is okay because David had a bunch of wives. Well, okay, David had a bunch of wives, but why does that mean polygamy is okay? Well, David did it. The Bible says David did it. Okay, well, the Bible also says David committed adultery and murdered a man. You realize a lot of what the Bible is teaching us, it's just telling us what happened. Okay, now we don't get our doctrine from that and then justify polygamy and murder and adultery the bible's just telling us what happened and so but people they want to do that they'll take the book of acts we'll see where the apostles did something but nobody asked the question was it right because they made some mistakes in the book of acts and i've heard people preach messages before about mistakes in the bible and it's always kind of a catchy title you know mistakes in the bible And then what they'll do, you think it's about mistakes in the Scriptures and the translation, but they'll just show mistakes that people made in the Bible. And then we learn from those mistakes. And you know what? You could do a lot of that from the book of Acts because they made a lot of mistakes. And so I agree with calling it the Acts of the Apostles because not everything that went on in the book of Acts was of the Holy Ghost. Some things were, but some things weren't. And people who want to use the book of Acts to prove you have to be saved or be baptized in order to be saved, they never want to show the distinction. Even though Acts shows a clear distinction, Mark shows a clear distinction, John shows a clear distinction. And so the main purpose of the book of Acts it was just to record what the apostles did. The main purpose is not teaching doctrine, although we can get doctrine from the book of Acts. But the book of Acts it records many mistakes. And so the Bible often records things that happen that weren't right. And so the epistles, though, the epistles that, are, that we see in the Bible, those things are clear teachings that were about salvation. These were things that were, I mean, clearly, they're not historical books. These are letters that Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost giving instruction for the churches. And I'm not saying Acts is not inspired. Okay? Okay? Just like I believe that 2 Samuel is inspired, but David wasn't supposed to commit adultery. All right? And the book of Acts is inspired, but just because you see them doing something wrong does not mean we should get our doctrine from that. Okay? No, we should learn from that. We should learn from that mistake. And it is profitable for that. But the epistles, these are the instructions. for and this, the, those, those books are teaching clear doctrine on salvation and none of them teach baptism is a requirement for salvation. None of them do that. But let's look at some references to baptism from the epistles. Romans chapter 6. Turn over to Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Notice what it says. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Right there, it's just talking about what baptism is. It is a figure of what Jesus did. Every time you see somebody that gets baptized, and we say buried in the likeness of his death, and raised in the likeness of his resurrection, or sometimes some people say raised to walk in newness of life, it is just a picture of that. And it's an example of what we should do. Hey, we've been buried in the likeness of His death with Christ. In other words, all the things of the law, do you all realize I can claim that I have kept the law? I have kept the Sabbath. I have kept the ceremonial things. How did I do that? Through Jesus Christ. He did it on my behalf. I did those things through Him. Jesus Christ is my high priest and I don't have time to go into all the technicalities of that that the book of Hebrews teaches. I've preached on that before. But I can claim to have kept the law. Why? Because Jesus did it on my behalf. And I accepted His work instead of my work. Therefore, in the eyes of God, I'm clean, I'm covered. Those things have all been done. He did that for me. But now since Jesus Christ did all those things for me since He was perfect, does that mean I'm just supposed to go live like a devil? No, I should try doing those things too. I should try following His example. I should try walking in His steps. I have been raised spiritually, so you know what? I ought to act like I'm spiritually alive. That's what I should do. But do we always do that? No. but it's what We should always do right, but sometimes we sin. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So all Romans is trying to teach us there is what baptism is a picture of. And it's a reminder of what we should do. And so when a person gets baptized, they are identifying themselves with Christ. And also, I believe it's it's a public statement too, saying that, you know what? I'm trying to live for the Lord. I'm trying to be obedient to Him. And you know what? When we're all trying. And we all mess up every day, but when a person gets baptized, right there, that shows they're trying to live for the Lord. They're trying to follow His commandments. And that's all that any of us are doing right now. We're just trying but are any of you trusting in your performance right now into getting you into heaven? No, you all know better than that that if we were to go stand before God right now and judge according to our works, we would all get thrown into hell. But you know what? We're going to still try to do right. We're going to still try to do good because we love God. That's why we keep His commandments, because we love Him. Not so we can be saved. And so baptism is a reminder of how we should live as Christians. Um <clears throat> First Corinthians 1, verse 13. It says here, it says, "...Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name, and I baptized also the household of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the Gospel... Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Paul's saying right here, he's like, you know, people were using baptism as a way to divide. You know, I got baptized by Paul. Well, I got baptized by Apollos. You know, who cares who baptized you? What matters is what that baptism represented. Okay? And you know what? You're n- nobody in here is anything special because of who baptized you. Okay? The, what, the only thing that matters about baptism is who it's about, and if it needs to be about Jesus Christ. You need to be baptized because you're being obedient to Jesus Christ, not Pastor Tommy. And yet, when Paul said, "But notice what Paul said," he, you know, he said, "For Christ sent me not to baptize." Now, if baptism is a requirement for salvation. Why wouldn't Paul do that? Why wouldn't that have been a focal point? But he said, "No, my job, the main thing I was sent to do was to preach the gospel. That was the main thing he was." Trying to do was preach the gospel. Why? Because, you know, if baptism were necessary for salvation, then Paul wouldn't have been preaching the full gospel. The truth is, he did preach the full gospel. And uh, 1 Corinthians 12 13 says, For by one spirit were ye all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all all made to drink into one Spirit. I personally believe he's talking about a Holy Spirit baptism right here because of the fact, you know, we've all been baptized by different people. We've all been baptized in different churches and in different places, but how are we all baptized into one body? Well, because that is a Holy Spirit baptism. When you get saved, you're baptized into Christ. and That's what he's trying to teach right here. And Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering for bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit even as ye are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, this passage here—this is one you know the oneness crowd likes to use and take you know to prove you know look it only says one spirit, you know. Therefore, you know there, you know uh, it is the one you know they use that to promote the oneness thing. But here's the thing: there's only one spirit that we're all baptized in. Okay, there is. I mean, I can show. I already showed you crystal clear there is a John baptism. And there is a Jesus baptism. Here it says there's only one baptism. Therefore, they're the same, right? No, there's just only one baptism that baptizes you into the one body and it's all by one Spirit. It's not saying those are the only things, but what it is teaching, the only baptism that's going to get you into that one body, that only baptism that's going to get you into heaven, it is the Jesus baptism. I believe the Holy Ghost baptism. And what people like to do, they just like to take one phrase and they just want to run with it you know, and make it mean whatever they want. No, you have to look at the context and what it's trying to teach. It says in Ephesians 3.21, unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. See, And that comes right before chapter 4 where he's talking about how there's one of everything. And see, because the context of Ephesians 4 is throughout the book of Ephesians... Paul's been trying to show how we're all of one body, Jews and Gentiles. We're all of one body, we're all of the same thing. And even though many people today are still trying to prove you got the church and you got Israel and you've got you know God got, God's got a bride and Jesus has a bride, no, there is all it's, we're all in one body. We're all of one people spiritually speaking. That's what that's trying to teach. And so First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 11, it says, for it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified, or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? So we see right here that people were causing divisions based on who they were baptized by, and Paul saying, Hey, this isn't about us. You weren't baptized in the name of Paul. Or of Apollos, Christ is not divided. There is on, there is only one body that spiritually we're all a part of, and that's why Paul said too in Ephesians chapter or in first uh, lost but in Ephesians where he where he mentioned I think it was in Ephesians where he talked about you know God forbid that I would glory save in the cross. There are no things that we can glory in other than the work of Jesus Christ. That may have been Galatians. Uh, where he said that I, I don't remember exactly. But turn to First uh, Peter 3, verse 19. So this is another example of baptism being talked about in the epistles. This is one by Peter. And he says, "...by also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the longsuffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few that his eight souls were saved by water, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us... Uh-oh. Did I just shoot myself in the foot right there? It by which baptism? Doth also now save us... But then look at this in parentheses. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay. So now look back at this passage here. Once again, people like to just take stuff, take a little phrase and run with it and go out of context. Look at that verse again. Let's leave out the parentheses here. And it says, "...the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ." You all see that? What do we say? We're saved by the work of Jesus Christ. And baptism, it is a figure of that. He was just talking about it in the verse before how baptism is a figure of that. Just like you know the ark was also a figure of some things that were to come. It's a picture of of salvation and so he specifies in there because he didn't want people to mistake this and make you think that baptism is what cleans you up and baptism is what washes away your sins he puts it there in parentheses he's clarifying when saying baptism not the putting away of the filth of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience towards god that's what baptism is it's an answer of a good conscience towards god baptism is something that we do in response to salvation because we've already got it. That's what that's teaching. It is, baptism is a figure. It is a picture. It is not salvation. And so, books written with the main focus being on how people get saved, they never mention baptism as a way of salvation. John chapter 20, the Gospel of John, 21 chapters. In chapter 20, verse 30, it says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. So the book of John is written telling us the things that we need to know so we will be saved. So we will believe on Him. And he specifically says that through believing we will have life through His name. So let's see what John says about baptism. Since John wrote a whole book telling us how to be saved... Let's see what John had to say about baptism and whether or not that's part of salvation. John chapter 1, verse 26 says, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. Verse 28, these things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. Verse 31, it says, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water Verse 33, And I knew him not, but he sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. John pointed out the distinction between the John the Baptist water baptism and the Jesus baptism. In John 3.22, it says, And these things came Jesus and the disciples in the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized And John also was baptizing in Anon near to Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. Verse twenty six, and they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. And right, and that's where John uh says the famous line of He must increase, I must decrease. He's like, Hey, this isn't about me. This is about Jesus Christ. And uh chapter four, verse one it says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had, um, had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, look at this, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples his, bapti- his disciples were the one doing the baptism, not Jesus. They, this is clearly showing they were just doing the water baptism, just like John did, this and nothing in here is saying, You had to do these things to be saved. Nowhere in John is it doing that. John constantly, though, says, whosoever believeth in Him. And he never mentions baptism as being a part of salvation. In chapter 10, verse 40, it just mentions a place where John first baptized. All it does in John is it talks about how they were baptizing people, but nowhere in the book of John does it teach that they had to do that in order to be saved. And think about it. Why would you write an entire book of 21 chapters... On, how, on a book designed to get people saved and not mention getting, saved, getting baptized as part of salvation. You know why? Because it's not a part of salvation. 1 John. Turn over to 1 John chapter 5. This is also written by the same John, the Apostle, not the John who baptized. But in chapter 5, verse 13, he says, "...these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know ye that ye have eternal life." and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So, the book of 1 John, it's only five chapters, but it is written to help people know that they're saved and to get people to believe on Christ. And you know how many times the word baptized or baptism is used in the book of 1 John? Zero. He never even mentions it. He's writing a book trying to help people so they can know for sure that they're saved. And if baptism was a part of salvation, one of the first things he mentioned is, hey, you want to know if you're saved? Have you been baptized? He didn't even bring that up. He writes a whole book helping people know that they're saved and he doesn't mention baptism. You know why? Because baptism in water does not save you. It's belief on Jesus Christ. And he does mention that very specifically, very clearly. So... Listen, saved people should get baptized just like saved people should do good works. Saved people should go to church. Saved people shouldn't cuss and, you know, know, murder people and do all the bad things that people often do. But you know what? Thankfully, us going to heaven is not about our works. Because what if I do something bad tomorrow? What if I just, I totally lose my temper tomorrow and I go and I just, I lose my temper and I punch somebody and he falls and hits his head and dies? I murdered that man, didn't I? I'm now a murderer. So did I just lose my salvation? No. See, there's only one way that we can know we're saved, and that's if our salvation is not based on our works. Our salvation is only based on the work of Jesus Christ, what He did. And all we've got to do is have faith in Him and receive the free gift of salvation that is without works. And then we can know we're saved. And if it is, if it's about us doing anything, we can't know we're saved and the Bible says it's not of works lest any man should boast. If salvation, if baptism were required for salvation, then we could brag because we would have done something. And you know what? Go, turn over to Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to close with this passage right here. There's a reason many people want to make baptism a part of salvation. It's because it's the one thing that they have done. And you know what? It doesn't stop with baptism. There are church, There's pastors out there today that they'll tell you, you know, if you're not going to church three times a week, you're not saved. Now, why do they say that? Because they go to church three times a week. They want to tell you about, you know, if you haven't given up your drinking, you're not saved. You know why they say that? It's not because they read that in the Bible somewhere. It's because they gave up their drinking. All the things that they have done, they now expect everyone else to do those same things in order to be saved. But that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says it's not of worthless that any man should boast. You know, Just imagine, it's disgusting. This happens in these camp meetings and stuff down south especially. Well, these pastors will get up and for an hour they'll talk about themselves and all the changes that they made in their life after they got saved. And then they want to make everybody else think they're not saved because they're not living up to their standard. That is a pile of garbage because those camp meeting preachers are still sinners and they're still disgusting in the eyes of God. Salvation is about what Jesus did, not about what we do. But in Galatians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Why did they bring up circumcision? Because that's what they had done. These Pharisees came along. They were believers. But because they had done this work of the law, they now wanted everybody else to have to do it too. But look what it says in verse 13. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. You know what he's saying? He's like, they don't keep the law either. Okay, they did that one law, but you know what? There's a zillion other laws they haven't kept. And you know what? Every one of you here, there's some laws you have kept. Congratulations, you're at church today. Good job. But you know what? Before the day's over, there will be another law that you will have not kept. But you know what? If you're not careful, you'll be like a Pharisee and you'll walk out of here all stuffed shirt and all smug and looking down at everybody else who didn't go to church today and thinking, you know what? They're not going to heaven. They didn't even go to church today. Well, really? So you're going to say they're not going to heaven because they're not keeping the law? Because guess what, buddy? You're not keeping the law either. But you do want them to go to church because that's the one thing you did do. But look what Paul said. But God forbid that I should glory save in my baptism? No. Save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The only thing we have to brag about, the only thing we have to talk about when it comes to our salvation, the only thing that proves that we are saved is the cross of Christ. It's what Jesus did for us. It's His death, burial, and resurrection. Not anything we did. I would, and I would never get up and say, I know I'm going to heaven because I got baptized. I know I'm going to heaven because I go to church. No, that would be us boasting in other things. The only thing we can glory in is the cross of Christ. And while there may be some in here you might have kept more laws than other people, at the end of the day, you're a lawbreaker. Who cares if you got baptized? You know, There's been times that you've broke other laws of God. You've all sinned too. And you know what? There's only one thing... That matters. And that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That is what saves us. Faith in that. Baptism is just something that we do after salvation. It's a picture of what Jesus Christ did. It's a public profession of our faith. It is a good thing to do. It is a great thing to do. I believe God will bless you if you do it. He'll be pleased if you do it. But it will not help you get into heaven. And you know what? If you get baptized thinking, I'm going to do this so I can go to heaven, you know what? You're still not saved. Because if you add works to salvation, then you're not trusting in the work of Jesus Christ. We get saved first and then get baptized later. Baptism is not required for salvation. But I do believe it's required to be obedient to Christ. But thank God, the, the obedience of one is what gets us into heaven. It's the obedience of Jesus Christ. And my obedience that I have on earth I do these things out of love for God because I want to please him. And if and if you if you've never been baptized and you're saved today, that's something that you should do. It's something it's something that you ought to do. It's something that will please God and he'll be honored by that. It's a good testimony for you to do that, but don't ever think it will save you. It won't it won't do it. Only faith in Jesus Christ will get you into heaven. So with that, let's pray, dear Lord. I thank you so much for your Word. I thank you, Lord, for doing all the work for us, Lord. It's, it's so clear we could never keep all these laws. We're just we're too sinful. We're not good enough. But I thank you for coming to this earth, keeping the laws in our place. And I thank I thank you for offering us the gift of salvation freely. I pray if there's one here that's never received that gift, I pray that they'll get it before they leave today. They'll call on you for salvation, Lord. If there's some here that have been saved but they've never been baptized, Lord, I pray that they'll make plans. Uh, to get that done and to follow You in obedience and to publicly identify themselves with You. I pray we won't be ashamed of You and what You've done for us. And we just uh, thank You for that. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.